0: Hello, good to see you again. Hey Damon, good morning. And morning to you. Yeah, thanks for joining us uh, on a HOP Talks uh, this morning. So to our global audience who might be new to STTGDC, you know, could you perhaps share a little bit about the uh, group and its structure?
1: Yeah, well, STTelemedia Global Data Centers or STTGDC for short, is a, a global data center organization. It's one of the fastest growing data center uh, focus companies in the world, uh, currently operating in eight countries uh, and, and expanding. Uh, in the Philippines, STT Philippines is actually a joint venture between Globe, Ayala uh, Corporation, and of course, ST Telemedia Global Data Centers. So from a, from a structure perspective, it combines the strengths of, of three parents into a joint venture that's focused on providing world-class data center, co and other services
0: uh, to the Philippine market. That's really exciting. It sounds like you brought the best of um, you know, every part of the world I- into this organization that you have here.
1: Yeah, it's so, actually quite. It's it's been it's been an interesting uh year, a little bit over a year, uh, close to, close to actually two years now, uh, of operation in the Philippines. Uh, we were formed in March of twenty twenty two. And so we're coming up on our two year anniversary. And in those two years, you know, we've really been able to take advantage of the synergies between uh, the global exper- expertise of ST Telemedia GDC and also the local uh, knowledge of uh, GLOBE in operating in the Philippines, uh, having operated data centers in the Philippines for almost 20 years now.
0: Congratulations on the you know, uh, upcoming two years anniversary. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know how you got to where you are today as the CEO of STT GDC in Philippines?
1: Yeah, quite honestly, uh, my career has been uh, quite an interesting path. Uh, I never thought I would be working in data centers or telecommunications in, in general. Uh, I really started off my career academically uh, as an engineer. Uh, I was an engineer at the University of California Berkeley, specializing in, of in all things, robotics and fiber optic design. Right, um, But, you know, Things take a, a turn for a reason, and I got involved and, and spent uh, a large part of my career with AT and T, uh, primarily in the U.S. in in Texas and California, but also had an opportunity to to be part of a a, a start of a new company in AT and T Mexico, where AT and T uh, launched its first international consumer mobile uh, venture. So you know. From there, had various roles in at and uh, in operations, finance, marketing, sales, IT, of course, and ended up uh, going to the Philippines to be part of GLOBE um, and, and, and being responsible as CIO, or Chief Information Officer, of their digital strategy and, and of course, all their systems. Um, this was actually an interesting time because I moved in 2019 to the Philippines. And, of course, uh, in 2020, uh, less than three or four months after I arrived, uh, we, we had the start of the COVID pandemic era, So, you know, had to really adapt and, and, and understand how to shift. Uh, and fortunately, you know, Globe was an environment that was ready for, um, if you would say that, if you know, it was ready for a very digitalized uh, work environment, uh, already had cloud in progress and, and, and continued to implement cloud, had the right work tools and, and, and definitely was able to, to, um, to thrive in this uh, pandemic era. Uh, fast forward a few more years and we uh, formed this uh, STTGDC Philippines joint venture and then got an opportunity to, to really uh, uh, lead a company. And, and then I really thought it was an exciting uh, emerging industry in the Philippines. Uh, the Philippines is, is really nascent in terms of its digital transformation as a, as a country. And really, really uh, honored and, and blessed to be part of of this nascent industry that will enable digital here in this country.
0: So, with your diverse background, you know, can you share your perspective on how you see the data center uh, industry evolving and looking like in the next five years or so?
1: Well, really, the the data center industry is 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 really dependent on really what I think a single premise, and that is the continuous digitalization uh, that's happening globally. You know, right now, if you look around, every organization has a digital agenda. Every organization I've run into that's of any significant size is now really has a cloud-first agenda as well. Uh, And and so with these two themes of digital and cloud, you're, you're really relying on computers, to either have more compute or more storage uh, resources available. Uh, a lot of the layperson out there uh, don't really understand that anything they do on their smartphones require a computer somewhere in the world to do something, whether it's to store a picture that you just took or a, several several selfies um, or, or to you know, run a bank transaction, to check your bank balance, uh, to send email, to do video conferencing like we're doing today uh, you know, all of these things require a computer at the end of the day, somewhere in the world to do something, process or store. And, and these computers need to be secured, powered, cooled, connected. And that place where that, all of that happens is a data center. And so as long as we believe in the premise that digitalization will continue and continue to expand worldwide, there is a need for data centers. Now, let's zoom in on the Philippines. And in the Philippines, uh, the pandemic actually accelerated digitalization. You know, one of the the success stories in the Philippines has been the emergence of digital wallets and digital transactions. In fact, this morning, I was just reading the news and uh, I saw that in 2024, it's projected to be over 60% of all financial transactions in the Philippines involved digital And so, you know, I think that that's going to continue to grow, uh, not only from a a financial transaction, but other things like business operations and and really a lot of different uh, aspects of society will be digitalized to further make it, you know, again, a better uh, environment for everyone. And so uh, with that premise, you know, we really think that data centers uh, will continue to be a, a core digital infrastructure industry. That's going to be needed to enable all of these things that we're dreaming of, uh, and and more to come in the near future.
0: Thanks for sharing that. Is that one of the main reasons why you know STGDC Philippines uh, invested and started a 124 megawatts uh, data center campus in Fairview, or is there anything else that you know, really drove this kind of developments? Well, you know, first off,
1: and it, we we really thought that uh, you know, and, and and thank you for mentioning our, our late our latest project. You know, SCT Fairview is, is going to be the largest, most interconnected, uh, sustainable, and carrier-neutral facility in the Philippines uh, once fully built out. And it's going to start uh, next year with the opening of the first phase of 28 megawatts. Uh, our decision to start uh, and, and build big is really coupled into several things. You know, one, one of them is really the cloud. Uh, in order to consume this level of capacity, uh, it's really going to be catering to the hyperscaler market where the global cloud uh, providers, um, both from, from the U.S. and from China, would then be expanding their operations. Uh, you know, I really do believe that also with the, with the constraints uh, on the current data center hubs in Singapore and Hong Kong, uh, you know, I really think that there's going to be an increased demand in the Southeast Asia region for data center capacity. And so I think we're seeing the, the wave go through um, in, in Southeast Asia and especially in the Philippines where it's now also become quite a hub of uh, submarine cable activity. Uh, you know, if you look at the submarine cable maps globally, it'll be interesting to see that all the submarine cables that passed into Southeast Asia passed by the Philippines in uh, the Northern portion, right? So from a, from a connectivity perspective, uh, really believe that the Philippines from its geographical location as well positioned, along with the myriad of uh, renewable energy projects that are currently ongoing in the country that are just going to be opening in time for when we believe that the uh, hyperscaler uh, demand is going to be starting to peak in the country.
0: So with such a large campus being built, you know, still encounter did you encounter or are encountering any um, issues in terms of constructing and running data centers over there you know you know uh,
1: remarkably i mean we've actually been able to start executing on this project in 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 really a manner that uh, you know which we thought was fair very quick for where where we were now, if you look uh you know we've only been in operation for less than 2 years and we announced this campus in may last year So in in just a little over a year of the company being active and operating five current data centers, we were able to to break ground on this STT Fairview campus. Uh, Not only were we able to do a ceremonial groundbreaking, we're actually been able to somewhat surprise the industry here by announcing that we would have it ready next year. Uh, We were able to do that by leveraging several things. Number one, we were able to leverage the global expertise of ST Telemedia Global Data Centers worldwide. You know, we've learned from our more mature markets in Singapore, the UK, India, uh, in terms of design, and even in the Southeast Asian market, where STT has has recently opened, Thailand and Indonesia. You know, we were able to quickly understand what's required to design and build world-class data centers. And we were able to apply those design principles in STT Fairview. We were able to combine that, of course, with GLOBE's understanding of the local market, uh, of, of the telco network that's in place today. And we were able to combine uh, that along with uh, Ayala Corporation's uh, expertise in different areas, uh, including energy and land development and, and banking even. Uh, and so with that, we were able to come together with uh, this project and launch this project where we were already, after the ceremonial groundbreaking, we were already starting the demolition and clearing and early works of the project. Uh, I still remember a reporter asking me about uh, when we actually would start the project because it's normally uh, um, in, in the industry, there's a bit of a lag between the announcements and the actual construction activities. And they were quite surprised what I said tonight. Uh, And so we actually started uh, working right after the groundbreaking and clearing the the land and and now uh, happy to report that we're on track uh, with with our current project and and, and really looking forward to um, uh, opening the campus uh, in uh, early 2025.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. Oftentimes we we see quite a lag between uh planned capacity announcements and actual construction. Uh, so it's great to see that you know your first tranche of capacity is coming online next year. Um you earlier you mentioned you know the global expertise as well as a local perspective. Uh, are there any specific technology uh innovations or you know stacks being used that you'd like to share with our audience here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, as with, with, as with anything, you know, data centers are, are, are very power-hungry projects, right? And, and so we have to be uh, very, very focused on the sustainability aspect of our project. And, and so our technologies are, not, are, are really around uh, being able to not only cater to the customers, but being able to do so in a manner that's responsible. Uh, to our environment and to society in general. So in terms of technologies, uh, for example, you know, the the, the, the inter- one of the interesting aspects of, of, of the, uh, the project is we didn't just maximize uh, power utilization efficiency or PUE. We weren't just maximizing power because we also understood that water is a very, uh, very important consideration and that we have to balance it. And so what we we did was we were we 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 of course tried to optimize that balance of PUE and water usage efficiency uh, to create a a project that will be not only uh, very efficient from an electrical consumption perspective but really world class in terms of water utilization. Uh, Even though you know in the Philippines uh, you know you have a country surrounded by water, uh, it's an archipelago, but uh, water is still is, is still quite a challenge in a lot of locations. And we want to do our part in being able to ensure that we are conserving water by having a adiabatic closed loop system that, that barely utilizes any water uh, as opposed to you know, a, a much more uh, water intensive uh, techniques uh, in cooling other data centers in the world.
0: Sure, it seems like ESG is definitely a huge focus um, at STTGDC. <laughs> you know obviously you mentioned about both the PUE and the WUE earlier are there any other strategies in place um, to look at um the ESG targets that your company has set yeah
1: well you know one of the things that that's been that's been beneficial for us is we get, we get the full support of all three parents you know all three of our parent companies are very focused and all have uh their sustainability goals and and aggressive sustainability goals at that uh And so, you know, when when we looked at this project, you know, we we also looked at uh, the way that we build it and and even the fact that, you know, we're introducing quite a lot of innovation in the safety arena uh, with respect to the construction. You know, we are probably one of the first companies in the Philippines that is truly uh, enforcing and executing on safety procedures that are done internationally. So we're using Singapore uh, safety standards uh, in terms of how we operate and how we even set up the site. How our people work, and 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 we really would like to ensure that uh, as we build this facility, that we if we're focused on that safety aspect. Um, we're looking to integrate all of that into the way that we operate our current data centers, uh, and and it, it's it's uh it's been it's been quite a change for a lot of the partners that we work with. Uh, that we really do mean mean it when we say we need a safety a safety first perspective, and we actually enforce it day in and day out.
0: Does that mean a lot more data centers um, in the pipeline beyond the initial 124 megawatts then?
1: Yeah, I, I'm funny you mentioned that, because uh, last year we, we actually ended the year with a little bit of a bang by announcing a second data center project. Uh, not quite the same scale as 124 megawatts, but we are expanding our Cavita campus, uh, which uh, at the end is able to support up to about 30 megawatts of, of, of uh, IT capacity. Uh, We currently operate two data centers there. We have Cavite One and another uh, data center we operate for one of the parents. Uh, And we announced in November last year a STT Cavite Two, which will be joining Cavite One as as a six megawatt data center project in that particular campus. You know, we again, similar to um, STT Fairview, uh, we look to adapt and learn from the learnings uh, of the design and operation from from both uh, all our international entities, as well as how we operate in the Philippines. And we're going to be opening that facility in mid 2025. So next year is going to be exciting for us because we're going to be bringing online 15 megawatts of capacity, which in the Philippines is is quite a large amount of capacity because of the country currently operates roughly around 60 megawatts today uh, from a total country perspective
0: right with the different kind of um you know capacity sizes of the different data centers that you build do you see a difference in in terms of the target customers operating parameters and stuff like that
1: well absolutely uh well sct fairview will primarily cater to the hyperscaler our global cloud provider market because just because of the sheer size and the sheer runway right when you're looking at uh uh, or hyperscalers, you know, they tend to look at a runway where they can grow and expand in the site, uh, and and have have enough uh, runway where they don't have to worry about having to recertify another data center for them to expand to. So that's one of the roles of SCT Fairview. However, having said that, we also wanted to be able to leverage that world class uh, technology, world class design, and world class operation for utilization by the enterprise space, uh, and so. Uh, we're, we're carving out a section of SCT Fairview and all our other data centers uh, for the enterprise market so that as they go digital and they still have uh, you know, on-prem co-location requirements, they're able to leverage from all of this investment into this new technology uh, so that they'll be able to, to share in the benefits of the hyperscaler uh, standards uh, for the local market. And so, you know, Cavite uh, will probably be catering again to a, a, a more balanced market, where it's more and en- you know balanced towards enterprise, uh, just because of the size of it. But again, we see we see another runway where, as as the hyperscalers expand their current local presence, uh, you know, we count the hyperscalers already as current customers, and so as they start expanding their local presence, we'll be in a position to serve them uh, in the coming years.
0: Makes a lot of sense to have that enterprise mix as well to serve, you know, for example, the online banking and stuff like that. Thanks Absolutely. Uh,
1: I think that the digitalization has also shifted the demands uh, on their on-prem data centers uh, to the point where, you know, today in, in the past, you know, when you ran batch transactions uh, and and it wasn't, you know, again, in the past, I used to, to joke, like how many people used to check their bank balances uh, daily, right? So, in, in the past, you get your statement, you look at it once a month, maybe twice, and, and that's it, right? And today, every time you open an app, uh, you're, you're, you're calling for your bank balance. And so that's, look at those sort of transactions that you're generating because of that. And, and also the demands of 24 by 7 by 365 that the customers are expecting you to be open all the time. And, and those types of demands uh, oftentimes cannot be fulfilled. Uh, by a by on-prem facilities uh, that are co-located in, in, in old facilities that don't have those availability numbers that we're able to do with our hyperscale-grade data centers.
0: Yeah, in fact, I think most banks today do not even want to provide you with a paper statement and would just uh, require you to log on 24 by 7, 365 dimension to be able to view your, your bank balances. Absolutely. So Carlo, what does the growth of SG- SGT GDC Philippines look like over the over the next three to five years?
1: Yeah, Damon, uh, you know, for that we're very optimistic. Uh we have laid the groundwork with respect to our our biggest facility, which is SGT Fairview. Uh we see that facility uh expanding. Uh the 124 megawatts is currently planned for four different phases. So phase one with 28 megawatts uh will be deployed in 2025 through 2026. Uh, with 12 and 16 megawatts respectively. And then phase two, three and four uh, will continue to evolve. Uh, They're they're going to be sized at 32 megawatts each. And it will also uh, have an opportunity to adopt each phases as the demands of our customers uh, evolve over time as well. Uh, One of the things that uh, as we created these data centers, they're, they're definitely ready for liquid cooling or direct liquid cooling. Uh, where we see that technology, which is much more efficient and sustainable, uh, become much more mainstream in the cloud market today than than it is today. Uh, One of the other key things is, is of course, uh, as we start developing and expanding capacity and operating data centers, uh, we have to ensure that we have the world-class talent that's necessary to support these world-class facilities. And so we're looking to also uh, move forward in several initiatives, we partnered with several academic institutions to ensure that we have a steady stream of talent uh, because the Philippines currently produces quite a number of engineers um, annually. Uh, uh, the, our challenge right now in the Philippines is a lot of the best engineers tend to be exported and work uh, in another country. And so uh, with our industry being much more capital versus labor intensive, uh, we're really looking forward to, to hiring the best of the best and being able to keep them uh, in the philippines so that we would have world-class talent that could operate these world-class data centers
0: that's definitely great to know i mean tel- the talent pool um for data centers definitely needs to be increased as our industry continues to grow um, it's great to see that you have all these initiatives uh, with all the different industry players and you know you mentioned about ai this is something that you know um, everyone's been talking about definitely seem uh definitely keen to get your view on this in terms of how you see AI's adoption in Philippines,
1: yeah, well, AI is going to be very a very interesting uh, challenge for the Philippines. I, I really do think it's going to be a big focus because currently, uh, one of the biggest industries in the Philippines is the BPO industry or the call center industry, right? And and this is these are industries that I believe uh, will be much more impacted by the AI uh, adoption and revolution that we're starting to see globally, uh, and so. One of the things that uh, we'll be looking for is to augment these industries uh, with AI capabilities in the Philippines, and and I think that you know AI um, being a, a different type of workload will really be looking for more um, for for more of that training models uh, in terms of where they're going to house those training models, and and having a country that has so many renewable projects um, and re- re- renewable energy projects, I think will be a major disadvantage a major advantage for us. Uh, to be able to play in the AI space. Um, SETGDC worldwide has has actually been involved with with AI uh, uh, factories and have already started installing some of these AI, bare metal, uh, very specialized GPU processing in some of our data centers in Singapore, uh, as well as India. And and, and we we do believe that in the near future, we'll be looking at uh, AI and and AI specialized equipment uh, as well in the Philippines.
0: Got it. And you mentioned earlier about green energy, would, um, you know, the data centers you have on campus have access to, to these green energy sources?
1: Yes, absolutely. I would say over 95% of the energy we consume uh, in our current, the, uh, we, we operate five data centers, uh, in mostly in the Metro Manila area as well as Davao. And for all our large data centers, which are three of them, which are able to, to take advantage of power purchase agreements, uh, we're able to secure 100% renewable uh, energy supplies uh, either from hydrotherm, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, hydroelectric or geothermal sources as well as upcoming solar and wind projects that are going to be available in the Philippines.
0: That's awesome to know because everyone's looking at the availability of green energy and not just the data center capacity. Absolutely. You had to mention AI so I had to jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, I, I
1: agree. I, I think, you know, AI is going to be a very interesting uh, uh, piece in the puzzle. Um, you know, you're starting to see some massive demand uh, in AI in the region. And and I think it's going to depend on, you know, what, how, what are the training models going to be? How localized is the data going to have to be uh, with respect to training? And then, of course, the insights phase of AI where you're trying to apply it. Uh, in your real time, and how much uh, local capacity you're going to need to be able to do that. So, you know, I uh, I think as as the world learns to use, utilize, and 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 take advantage of this new technology, uh, I think that the infrastructure demands uh, for digital and digital infrastructure, such as data centers, are going to adapt alongside that
0: uh, evolution. But do you see a lot of specific use cases uh, right now in uh, in the Philippines?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, right now, of course, you know, there's always the, the challenge of, of training the language models. Uh, you know, the, I think that's one of the things that uh, we'll see in the Philippines as you start um, looking to be able to get the mixed dialects as well uh, in, in the Philippines uh, translated uh, from, a, from a language perspective. And then from there, you, know, you have so many other areas. Uh, any business process you currently look into has an opportunity to take advantage of AI. Uh, being able to to learn how to operate different business processes, even in data centers, for example, uh, being able to respond much quicker, being able to predict uh, when equipment will need maintenance, uh, when equipment or sensors may be a, a, at some point in time needing to be replaced. Uh, you know those type of preventive maintenance type uh, use cases for AI are actually really interesting. And then of course, uh, as as you evolve into the uh, e-commerce world where they're looking at recommendations and being able to essentially predict and understand uh, what their particular customer is going to need or do and stay ahead of that. I think that's really going to be uh, some of those key applications, uh, which of course will need to be supported somewhere by a computer.
0: Yeah, got it. Thank you so much for joining us um, this morning. Um, we definitely look forward to seeing um, what STT GDC in Philippines has in store for us, especially your new campus in Fairview.
1: Well, thank you so much for having the opportunity to share our story and, and to really uh hopefully be able to, to, to inspire and reach an audience about what we're doing here in the Philippines. You know, we you know we're a country that is strategically located and, and really looking forward to being a, a major part of the digital infrastructure revolution and evolution here in Southeast Asia. Thank you and, and, and we're looking forward to continuing our, our digital journey with you.
0: We're so glad that you were able to share with us today and for our audience to learn more about yourself as well as you know the Philippines. Thank you.